This morning we continue our sermon series and uh, we are looking at the Holy Spirit transforms uh, and we're looking at the Holy Spirit in the Old Testament uh, and what, how relevant it is for us uh, in today's life. And so I'd like to read to you three scriptures. Uh, one is taken from Numbers 11, uh, from verse 16 to 25, or just 16, to seven, 16, 17, and 24 and 25. And then 1 Samuel, and then 1 John, uh, John 3. And I read from uh, Numbers. It says, The Lord said to Moses, Bring me 70 of Israel's elders who are known to you as leaders and officials among the people. Make them come to the tent of meeting that they may stand there with you. I will come down and speak with you there and I will take some of the power of the Spirit that is on you and put it on them. They will share the burden of the people with you so that you will not have to carry it alone. And then from verse 24. So Moses went out and told the people what the Lord had said. He brought together 70 of the elders and made them stand around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke with him. And he, and he took some of the power of the Spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. When the Spirit rested on them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. And then I'd like to read to you from 1 Samuel 10, verse 6 and 7. It says, The Spirit of the Lord will come powerfully upon you, and you will prophesy with them, and you will be changed into a different person. Once these signs are fulfilled, do whatever your hand finds to do, for God is with you. And then John 3, verse 1 to 8. Now there was a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you are doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. Nicodemus how can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into the mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its, its sound, but you cannot tell where it came from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. And this is the Word of God. We thank God for His Word this morning. Last week we looked at the Holy Spirit creates, and we had... Five amazing ladies come and give us their testimony in a, in a way um, that only they, they could portray their, their creative side. There was love and sunshine and a butterfly and a blob and, um, and, and somebody's smile. And so 
there was, that was their creative side that they portrayed for us. But they, each one had a story. Each one had a story of how God had touched their lives in an amazing way. And so this morning I want to talk to you about how God touches a few people's uh, lives. Uh, first is Moses, then it is Saul, and then it is Nicodemus. But it is the Holy Spirit who does that in a special way. He transforms them from being one person to another. And I'd like to start by telling you the story about this Amish family in, who goes to visit New York. And if you know who the Amish are, they are—they are—it's they, a religion or um, a group of folk that live um, in not not in their own civilization, if I can put it like that. They have buggy and cart, and that's how they get around. They wear hats, and they—they they make all the furniture themselves. Uh, they don't live with the norms that we do. Anyway, the family go to New York. They're invited to New York, and they invited to go stay in the Hilton Hotel. Okay, of all places. But you can imagine this family that everything they see and everything they do is new. Nothing is like their norm. And so they walk into the hotel, and they book themselves in. And the father and the son uh, see this uh, the, the, these mirrors that open and close all the time. And so they go and stand in front of the mirror, and uh, this mirror keeps opening and closing, and they have no idea what it is. And as they're looking at this mirror, they also see on top these numbers that light up, one, two, three, four, five. And so it goes on. And as they stand there, there's a lady in a wheelchair that comes past. And she says, excuse me, and she pushes the number and these doors open. An old lady, and they go in, it goes in, and it closes, and it, the number goes 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, and it goes up to 10 or 15. And when it gets there, it goes, ding, you know? And so then it comes, works it all the way back, and they stand back. And when those doors open, this beautiful woman walks out there. <laughs> this this twenty four year old beautiful blonde lady that walks out there and the father says to the son, Hurry, go fetch your mother <laughs> Yeah, change. Change is, is part of our life. Some of us thrive when um when change happens and what is transformation other than change? Change though, transformation can bring about a lot of anxiety and a lot of stress. But no, no matter how we respond to this transformation, one thing always holds true, and that is when God is involved, we are always changed for the better. And so the three stories that I read to you, or the three, three scriptures I read to you, one had to do with Moses. And Moses, as you know, um, was very obedient to God. He loved God with all his heart and with all his mind and with all his soul. But sometimes he failed. Sometimes he felt that he was not good enough to do what God needed him to do. Sometimes he, he felt disillusioned because imagine 
The Bible says that there were 600 men, just the men alone were 600,000 men that were on this journey with Moses. 600,000, that's not including the women or the children. It's not including the other people that had come from Egypt with the, uh, with the Israelites. So maybe you're looking between 1.5 and 2 million people that Moses needed to look after. And we know that the Spirit had come upon Moses and he was able to look after them to the best of his ability. But at some point, he had had enough. And he had said to, Jesus, uh, to God, rather let me die. Rather let me die than continue this way. Have you felt sometimes uh, that you could just give up? Eh? Can you imagine two million people coming to knock at your door? On a daily on a daily basis, hey, I think of our president, and uh, we pray, we keep praying for our president. But imagine, people are continuously knocking on his door. I don't know whether he's actually asking for help, but Moses asked for help. He didn't say it in so many words, but he he, he did. He said, "Lord, I don't want to be here." And so what does God say? God says, get 70 of the best men. Get 70 of the elders. Let them come. And I will take my, the spirit that I've given you, I will take it, some of that spirit and I will give it to each of them so that they, together with you, can handle these two million people. Can listen to their worries. Can do the administration and, and, and sort out the problems that need to be sorted out. Sure. And that's what God did. See, God took his spirit and he gave what he had given Moses. And he had shared it among those 70 people. Those 70 men. It says men, but they were probably men and women. And they were able to, to do what, uh, not for, their, for themselves, but to the glory of God. Always to the glory of God. Not for self, but to the glory of God. Who of you have lodged a complaint because your water hasn't worked in the last, or your electricity hasn't worked, or they haven't come to fetch your, um, your black bags? Okay? It's, it's a problem. However, have we actually sat down and said, God, can you make a plan? Not out of frustration and not using the Lord's name in vain, but to actually pray to God and ask God, who do I talk to? Who do I talk to to sort this problem out? We always, sometimes, well, I'll talk for myself here, is that I like to complain. My poor wife. So Moses, uh, the, these 70 guys are filled with the Spirit. And we know that and we heard when, when we read it is that they were able to prophesy at that point. But the, what was given to them from the gift that the Spirit had given them was only to prophesy that once. The rest of the time was to actually do the administration, was to actually look after the people. They weren't prophets. The Holy Spirit in the Old Testament was there always to, to, to come upon somebody so that they could prophesy, so that they could tell other people what was going to happen. And yet these 70 were put aside to do something specific. And then we read from 1 Samuel, and we read about Saul. 
well, it, it doesn't say Saul, but it is about Saul and about Samuel and how God sends his spirit in the Old Testament to be upon him so that he could change, that he could become the best king of the, that time. I don't know about you, but the Holy Spirit is, 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 is quite amazing because when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we have no choice but to change. We have no choice but to listen or engage. And if we don't, I'd like to read this to you. If we don't, this is what could happen. Regardless of this, uh, of this uh, the negative thinker finds disappointment in the future. So if we don't, if we are always negative, this is what could happen. And so on your tombstone of a negative person, uh, it should read, I expected this. A sign that was uh, read several years ago in an office building uh, can best describe it. It says, don't look, you might see. Don't listen, you might hear. Don't think, you might learn. Don't make a decision, you might be wrong. Don't walk, you might stumble. Don't run, you might fall. Don't live, you might die. Now we'll like to add one more. It says, don't change. You might grow. <laughs> so I wonder how that affects you. How that affects your mind or your, your psyche as to um, what God has done by giving His Holy Spirit to you today. I know that when the Holy Spirit comes upon us, He transforms us. He transforms us from our head to our toe, from our left hand. To our right hand from within our heart within our mind and within our whole being i know when the, the holy spirit comes he makes us want to be more like christ and who is christ christ is god he makes us want to be more like god he wants us to be more kind he wants us to be more humble he wants us to be more forgiving. He wants us to stand up for what is right. He wants us to be more like Him. And that is what the gift of the Holy Spirit does in our lives. But when the Holy Spirit also comes, it comes so that we can, we can share our, our, our experience with the rest of the world. Of what Christ has done for us. These ladies last week, dawn, well, it was daunting. Was it daunting to stand here in front? Huh? It was. Huh? But I'd never asked you to come and stand here. Okay? These are your two paintings. Huh? That's a star and that's the a sun. Okay. But I never asked you. But God had played a, a, a role in your life, right? And the Holy Spirit has changed you. And the Holy Spirit last week gave you a bit of just a bit of, hey, it's going to be okay. You're going to be okay. You can stand here and tell your story. I will give you the words like he did with Moses. He gave Moses the words to say. And when Moses had enough, he said, okay, well, I'll look after you because I love you. And so we will give you those 70 men to assist you to get through. 
so that you don't have to do it alone. You can always ask for help. That the Holy Spirit will always be there to assist you, to assist me. The Holy Spirit, can, uh, Holy Spirit guides us into all truths. Haven't, have you heard sometimes that somebody tells you a story? Hey? And you, you just you know you can discern whether it's true or whether it's not true. You can discern because the Holy Spirit is upon you. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit also convicts us of sin. Temptation will always be there. But it's what you do with the temptation. Temptation is, a, is not a sin, but it's when you actually sin that you take that temptation to sin, then it is a sin. Jesus was tempted so many times, but the Holy Spirit kept him pure. The Holy Spirit guided him, and so the Holy Spirit guides you, and he guides me. The Holy Spirit also reveals God's Word to us. So often we read the Bible. So often we, we go through the Bible, and we've, some of you have read the Bible numerous times. And every time I read the Bible, something new happens. I read it with a different eye or a different ear or a different feeling, and that is the Holy Spirit that does just that. And then the last is He brings us closer to other believers. If it wasn't for Christ and the Holy Spirit, I wouldn't have been able to get to know you. I wouldn't be able to just have a conversation or look into your eyes and say, Yes, see, there's something going on. Or there's a feeling that happens. A feeling of togetherness, maybe. A feeling that you can share your life with somebody. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. And that's what he did with Saul and what he did with Moses. In the Old Testament, but also in the New Testament today. I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is always available. The Holy Spirit is always here to bring comfort and to bring peace. The Holy Spirit makes us want to be more like Christ. He gives us the power to witness. He guides us into all truths. He convicts us of sin. He reveals God's word to us. And He brings us closer to other believers. What a mighty God we serve. I'm going to close by telling you the story and how relevant it is for us, I think. There was a literate man who was converted through the work of the Salvation Army. He went regularly to the Salvation Army Church and he wanted to be like the other believers. And the, the Salvation Army, everybody in the church wore red, wore red uh, sweater, a red jersey. And he loved that. And he said to his wife, will you make me a red sweater? And she said, of course, my darling, I'll make you this red sweater. And she measured him up and she knitted this red sweater for him. And the next day, he, uh, next Sunday, he was in the church and he was able to, to be part of uh, the whole community and he felt part of those believers because he had given his his life over and then he then he went the next day and he uh, he came back and he said yes i wore my red jersey but there was something 
there was something written on the, on, uh, you know, on the front of the salvation on, on everybody. And I didn't know what it said. And she was illiterate too. And so she didn't know what it said. And so when she looked at any letter, it didn't make any sense to her. And so one day she went down to the shop and in the window she saw some letters and things like that. And she made a copy of that. And she went and she, she embroidered that onto her husband's jersey. And so she gave it to her husband and then and, and on, uh, on the Salvation Army, and, and it says blood and fire. That's what is normally embroidered here, for blood and fire. And so he came home and he said, how did it go? And he said, it went great. He said, uh, people loved my jersey and they loved the embroidery and they all wanted that. And he said, um, but what neither of them knew, and they still didn't know, but the people said, we want that on our jersey. Instead of blood and fire, what she had seen in the, in the, in the window said, under new management. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, so, and so that is under new management is that he was transformed. He was transformed. And even in the illiteracy that God was able to do something amazing. And how special is our God? Because He knows you and He knows me. He knows what you're going through. And sometimes He, he pushes us so that we can ask for help. He puts people in our place that is able to do something for us. But through, for, for, for us, but because of God's love. But God loves you unconditionally that the Holy Spirit was present in the Old Testament but is more present now than ever before that old Nicodemus who was a very educated man he found the Holy Spirit he found who Christ was and who God is in the Old Testament and when he spoke to Jesus and so maybe today I ask that the Holy Spirit will fill each and every one of us with His amazing love. So let us pray. Lord, You come upon each and every one of us. When we accept You, Lord, to be our, our Savior, Jesus, we are in awe, for we are reborn. We are made new. We have been transformed into Your likeness. And that we will strive on a daily basis to be more like you. For you reveal the truth, Lord. You reveal what is right and what is wrong. You reveal what your scripture says. Like Moses only had the tablets, those two, those two stone tablets, Lord. But today we have so much. We have the whole Bible, Lord, that we know that is inspired by you, Holy Spirit. That we are a group of friends, but more so that we are family, your family. And that you unite us together. And so lead us now, we pray. Lead us here in our own life, in our life with our family, with our life within our church and within our work, within our communities where we live. 
within this Benoni and Boxburg and Kempton and Edenvale with, within South Africa, Lord, but also within the world, that we'll, we will unite and become stronger because of you, that we will be, be outspoken as to what you have done in our lives, and that it's not about us, but all about you, and so mighty Holy Spirit, mighty God, we say thank you. Thank you for always being present. Now and forevermore we pray. Amen. Amen.